0: Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the Velvet Robe. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only, Mr. Frankie Grande.
1: Hi, how are you? How is everyone? Everyone well? How are you, David?
0: I'm doing okay. How are you today? Is really my question.
1: I'm doing well. You know, I'm like, I'm very happy. I mean, I'm a little exhausted, I'm not gonna lie. It's been um just like non-stop stuff i feel like i've been doing nothing for like a year and a half you know like remember like quarantines when it was just like netflix and like what am i gonna order for dinner tonight and now i'm like legit burning the candle at every end to like mount um shows i'm like back to work
0: it's so surreal actually Out of nowhere. And so what I want to do is we're going to talk about I want to go through I have so much to talk to you about. But before we even get into it, and then we'll come back at the end, I just want to let everyone know that's listening who doesn't really know this Sunday, you guys, this Sunday, May 2nd. Frankie is going to be starring for one night only in a live streaming concert, Titanic, which I mean, I don't even need to say anything else. That name alone, Titanic, The Maiden Voyage, it really reveals what happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night, as told by, sit down, Celine Dion. Yes. And so tickets are available at tickets.com there's an icebreaker package. If you can do a pre-show meet and greet with Frankie. So everyone just want to put that out there. We're going to come back to that. This is what I like to do before we get to the present. I always feel like let's start at the beginning because I'm in, well, I am in New York city. So, you know, I have to give, you know, you props. You're born, you were born here, Frankie. I
1: was, you're in the place of my birth. Do you miss New York? I do, and I'm on my. I'm getting on a plane there tomorrow, which I'm really excited about because I haven't been able to go back, you know, at all. You know, I quarantined in L.A. and just basically stayed out here. Um, but Titanic is bringing me back into the city to do this show, which I'm really excited about. Um, to like, you know, be back in where does my heart beat now? Not to quote Celine Dion, but it beats in New York City, so I can't wait to be back. It really
0: does, like back to your Broadway roots. I mean it was I assume always performing for you right like did you ever think I mean I think of Frankie Grande and I mean I you ooze performance to me like was it ever anything else for you yes
1: actually it was it was very um very strongly 50 50 um biology and theater slash dance
0: Um, I read that somewhere that you triple majored and I was like is this really true so wow It's really
1: true. I was just I loved the sciences so much. I mean, um, everything from like doing the envirothon at, you know, Pinecrest in Fort Lauderdale and like, you know, like winning number one in wildlife. Like I was such a little nerd when it came to the sciences and especially to everything biology. Um, So I just kind of had a knack for it and and a a deep, passionate love for it. So I when I graduated college, I had everything that I needed for pre-med. I was going to potentially apply to medical school but I decided to give myself a year to see if I could um, you know make theater work and within that one year I was on the Broadway right down the street from where you are so um yeah I guess theater chose me but um, wow. I do love still to this day. I mean, with everything that's been going on with COVID, I have explained what an mRNA vaccine is to more people than I could possibly fathom because I just I loved it. I, re- I lapped up all the information about about the virus, about the vaccines. Like I, I relished the fact that I could explain it to people from an intellectual standpoint um, at a place that I understood it from um, and kind of like help get the word out
0: about like, you know, get vaccinated and why things like that. Well, I think, you know, depending upon what type of doctor you became, people might, it would certainly cheer up if you, you know, came in, you had some sparkles, you had yeah. some rainbows, like, I, I, I could see it, but listen, the Broadway thing seems to have worked out for you. It's, it seems to. Yeah, it's,
1: it certainly seems to. Um, it is like what I love to do. You know, performing is something that I do think is just, it is in my blood, and I uh, I love it with all of my heart, and to, to be able to perform again after a year and a half of not getting to is just such a joyful and an absolutely incredible experience. You know, I just did a show last weekend, um, Rock of Ages All-Star Reunion concert, and that was the first time I got to perform live on stage in like a year and a half, and I was like on fire like the like the neurons in my body were just like firing at like warp speed because I was just so unbelievably excited and jazzed to be doing what I love again in front of an audience that might not be in person but in front of an audience I knew there were
0: thousands of people watching and it was just electrifying was that like really hard during quarantine just to kind of you know be at home and do shows on you know social media but not really you know not like an organized cast so to speak
1: yeah in the the beginning it was really fun I had a blast creating stuff to just like make people smile and laugh you know I've created like you know a bathroom talent show on my social media people were having a good time um and then you know the the world just kind of shifted there was like a very um a large shift away from like fun, happy, silly social media when the BLM movement rightfully took its place center stage in the world. And so I started to shift my social media away from, you know, silly, making people smile, laugh and have fun to being more of an advocate uh, for, you know, um, BLM and, uh, for my allies and friends around the world that needed like um, someone to, uh, anyone to help. You know, everyone needed to help. Everybody, that was their job. So I kind of switched my social media right around then. And then it just didn't feel natural for me to like switch back into, and now I'm going to do bathroom talent show all over again. So I kind of started to do... Just like normal all, all organic posts and and I knew that when it would like when the industry was back to open again, like that would be the times to just kind of um lean into, um, Getting back
0: into it. theater
1: performing and creation, and that's kind of what happened to me and like who knows where I'll go from here, but like the the candle the furnace has been lit once again, and it is on fire it is and on
0: fire I love it well, first of all i've watched. Before BLM, I've watched many of your bathroom talent shows. So thank you for those. They were really great for anyone who has not seen them. You entertained me. Thank you. I mean, I was like, they were fun. I had a great time. They were, they were really fun. I'm like, how this is like, it was genius. What about, I mean, because look, you've been in Mamma Mia, you've been in Chorus Line. Before we get to all, like, the current stuff, I want to talk about Rock of Ages, and I do want to talk about Titanic. But from your repertoire of shows, like, do you have a favorite show, excluding these two new ones that you've been in from the past?
1: Hmm, let's see. My favorite one prior to now. I mean, you took away probably my two favorite ones, which were definitely Rock of Ages and um, Titanic. definitely Titanic. But I think my, my, my favorite role that I ever got to do was in crazy for you. I played it at my college. I went back to my college to do their summer music, Muhlenberg theater. Um, uh, you know, as a regional theater, um, production in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And I got to play, um, the lead role in crazy for you and what a wild show that is. And what an insane role. It's like the male alphabet. Like you are wow. never off stage. There's like, 10 songs you have to sing, you're changing characters back and forth. It's like the coolest, it was one of the most challenging and one of the most rewarding performances I've ever done uh in my life. And yeah, that was at my at my college, Muhlenberg. Shout out to Muhlenberg, shout out to the mules out there. Hey. We love Muhlenberg. Yeah.
0: What about? Because I didn't know this, but I read. Is this true? Because I mean, you have at least. Some producing credits. Did you, is this true? Because sometimes you read things that aren't true. You produced Brooke Shields' One Woman Cabaret Show. I
1: did. Oh, I love Brooke with all of my heart. And that was
0: wild. That was so much fun. at Feinstein's. Tell us everything. Like, how did you get involved in that? And what is Brooke Shields like? Oh, she's wonderful. I mean, Brooke is just the kindest, sweetest. She's an
1: absolute icon. Icon. Um, Yeah, she's an icon. And, you know, uh, we met doing a charity event. Um, a charity gala. And, you know, she was saying, and she was amazing. I dur- i got to director and producer in, in a charity gala for my uh, Broadway in South Africa. We did a show at the Box. You know, I oh got her uh, the greatest makeup artist and the greatest choreographers and directors. And we put made this gorgeous um, burlesque number for her where she stripped, but like it was behind a fan. So it was like vaudevillean, you know, where like you didn't get to like, you sh- it was very Gypsy Rose Lee where it was like um, implied that she was getting naked. But she, re- it it was just amazing she was so electrifying and I was like Brooke you need to do a one-woman show and she was like how and I was like can I produce it and she was like yes and I was like, great and I remember our first night together we got together in my apartment and uh we got a case of O'Doul's not O'Doul's um door doors duels door I can't pronounce like nope not O'Doul's not that. Do, do, oh, I'm such on. a bad beer Duvels, drinker. Duvels. Duvels. Uh, uh, Duvel. I couldn't. I said, oh, Dules. That's not what it was. Duvel. Um, and uh, we got Schwasty cakes. And we just came up with the entire outline of her show and we had the most fun night she told me so many incredible stories from her life and about like the many people that she's met throughout her career and some of them made them into the show some of them didn't and uh, god it was just an incredible incredible evening I, that I, that i remember even though we consumed enough alcohol to probably sedate a horse um oh but i do remember that evening very very well and uh it was so magical and then her show was just She got a rave in The Times. I was like, Brooke Shields, look what we've done together. We did it. And it was just, it was unbelievable. She got a rave in The Times. And I was like, that was one of my, at that moment, one of my crowning achievements. Yeah.
0: I, you do not understand. Like, first of all, I'm from New York too. So I was right here in Chelsea in 2011 when this took place. Where, what fucking rock was I living under that I was not in attendance at this? That's just There's so much that sounds brilliant about that. I don't even know what to say.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was brilliant. And I I think that it was just also, um, you know, Feinstein's is small and uh, instrument, you know, intimate and very, you know, kind of like you have to be in the know, I guess. So yeah, it's not that big. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like a 2000 seat theater. It was like a, what is ninety ninety people at tables? So it's um, tiny. It was only a couple shows. So, you know, you had to jump on that ticket. We sold out, which was wonderful. I was really proud of that show. Thank you for asking me about that actually. It reminded me of my
0: um early start of my creative days. How's that? I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, to start with Brooke Shields. I mean, come yeah. on now. Icon in the flash. Yeah. Well, something else that you were kind of ahead of of your time at, you know, look, you have amazing Broadway credits, but you know, when I think of you, I think of like, you were a social media influencer before that was even a thing. So where did that like foresight come from?
1: Um, I don't know that it was a foresight. I think it was because of necessity. I think um, I wanted to be a reality TV star. I had I had done the Broadway I had done the produ- to the producing I moved out to LA wasn't getting any real great acting roles on TV or film, decided that I would be an incredible reality TV star. And so by um sheer necessity, I decided I would create my own reality TV show. And so I shot filmed, produced and edited my own reality TV show on YouTube for myself called living life. Grande living la vida grande. And, um, I, um, did it. I did two videos a week. It was, it was was absolutely exhausting and, um, exhausting, not only for me, but for everyone else in my life too. Cause I'd be like, wait, hold the camera. Wait, film this. Wait, I'm going to go do that. Wait, let's go here. Let's go there. Um, but, uh, you know, that was another thing. I did it for two and a half years. And that was another thing where like, you know, just perseverance eventually got me onto reality TV Um, And I, I guess like at that time, social media was just kind of becoming the big thing. So I became a big YouTuber and then along with that became the Twitter following. And then along with that came the Instagram following. And I had kind of like everything exactly where it needed to for me to go on to Big Brother and then like kind of like strike gold in the reality TV world, which then just made all of my social media channels just like double overnight, it felt like.
0: Isn't it amazing? Because like, you know, when you say like you weren't really getting the interviews, like the auditions you wanted and the parts, I mean, I've heard so many stories like that. Isn't that just, I don't even know what the word is that this could happen in our society. Like reality TV is a legitimate, huge business. And someone like yourself can almost like self-produce it and like manifest it to happen. Yeah, exactly. And
1: I don't know. I mean, I was just obsessed with reality TV. It was the thing that I loved. I watched Real Housewives and I watched Survivor. I actually thought I was going to be on Survivor. I didn't even think about Big Brother um, until we had a a cast party for Survivor uh, for the closing night party at my apartment because I knew so many of them. And the casting director for Big Brother came and I showed them my Survivor audition tape and they were like, wait, you should apply for Big Brother. And I was like, what a great idea. Sure, I will. Made the video the next day, sent it in, got the call. Um, Wow. Which was like so crazy. But um, yeah, it was like it was really a fun little journey um into the world of social media. But yeah, like when when that's the cool thing about social media and like I do feel like it is a very, very sharp double edged sword. Right. Like I don't think like, oh, it's all rainbows and, and glitter and fairy tales and joy. Absolutely not. But I do think one of the best things about it is when there are no opportunities to create the thing or to do the thing that you want to do, you can just do it yourself. And then, if you have the skill and the know-how, I mean, it's not easy to shoot, film, produce, and edit your own reality TV show and upload it to YouTube every week. My God, it's difficult. And it doesn't very exhausting. sound easy. No, it isn't. It certainly isn't. That's why, like, people, like, you know, my dear friend, like Colleen Ballinger, like the fact that she's still doing it. I'm like, you are ab- unbelievable. She's unbelievable. Um, she still does everything herself too, which is just so amazing. But um, yeah, like the people that are that do it. I, once I, once I hit the goal, I was like, great. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> right, <laughs> like I was right. like, cool. I'm on reality TV household name. Thank you. I don't have to do the reality YouTube videos anymore. Um, so it took me like, uh, it was a stepping stone for me and, but I think a very useful one. And I think if done correctly, the social media, I think these things can really help people help propel people to the
0: next level in their career. I think so too. What, so you said like, what were your favorite shows? Like the housewives and survivor, like that type of stuff.
1: Yes. Housewives. Absolutely. It was Housewives of Beverly Hill. Um, it was Survivor. It was Big Brother. I absolutely adored Big Brother. I was completely obsessed with it. It's a uh, top model. It was uh, Project Runway. Um, It was a uh, drag race always. always. Um, and, and whenever there was a reality TV competition, it was very difficult for me to stop watching it <laughs> until
0: I knew who won. I love it. I mean, it's, it's all amazing. What about, cause you mentioned, you know, like, I, I agree with you, you know, there could be like, it I think social media is a double edged sword. What do you think? Like, what are the negatives? Like, I mean, the, is it like, just like the addiction, the bullying, all of the above? Yeah.
1: Yes. Yes. And yes. Yeah. For me, it was first the bullying. Um, and then the insane, um, obsession with comments, And, you know, the addiction to the stimuli that likes creates, um, the severe depression that would come when you read a negative comment or a gay slur, or, um, you didn't get the amount of likes that you had really hoped that this photo was going to get that you worked so hard on staging. And it just like it, for me, it was a very, uh, it became a very toxic and very dangerous environment for me to exist on. Um, And so, you know, I had to like detach with love, reestablish a healthy relationship with social media. And now I am back to enjoying it. But but, like from a much more of a business perspective, like the social aspect of social media for me is not um, the way it was before. Like people are like, oh, I'll DM you. I'm like, I'll never see it. you know like i'm like that's not what it is for me anymore like it's not a way that i connect to um the people around me or like to stay involved in other people's lives like you know i'm still i i tell people like if you have something going on please text me because i'm not glued to my phone the way that i used to be and i'm not scrolling and like i don't know about your show so like please like you know you have my cell phone number use it please text me and be like hey you want to come to my show i'll be like absolutely i'm there um or I have a lot of really good friends that are obsessed with social media, so they'll tell me if someone has a show. And I'm like, oh, okay, great, I'll, I'll, um, let's go. But um, yeah, I had to make a much healthier choice for my life um and i'm glad that i did and i just i hope that people out there like you know there's also like really young people getting very very famous um from a very very young age and exposing themselves to all sorts of people that get to hide you know behind their computers and say like nasty terrible stuff and i just want to i hope they figure out sooner than i did like those people don't have value Those people need to be prayed for because they are missing, like, a big part of their own lives if they spend their time on the internet trying to hurt and demean and degrade other people. Like, that's not a whole person. That's not a person that is in a healthy, wonderful, loving space in their life. So let's pray for them to achieve that one day so that they don't have to go out of
0: their way to hurt
1: other people. Totally. Yikes. No,
0: I, I totally agree with that. And right. Like when I get negative comments, I'm always like, I can handle this, but I mean, I usually just kill them with kindness. I'm like, thanks for your kind words. And even though the person just said the most awful things about me, don't even like, respond. I know. I, I don't know.
1: respond at all to the trolls. There's no point. They won't get it. They love it. Oh, they love, love that you respond. Oh my They'll God. Never don't win. Give them the satisfaction. Cause they just, yeah. But no, again, good pray good that figure it all that out, you know? Yeah, exactly. Pray for them to get like the peace and love and happiness and joy that you have in your own life that you don't have to engage with them, you know? Like, great. You said a negative thing. Cool. And what the other lovely thing is, and a shout out to any of the Grand Tourage members that listen to is I have an incredible, incredible fan base that will go to war for me. So I don't often have to see any of the bad things anymore which is wonderful um and that is also like extremely extremely loving and kind and the people the i mean people you know who you are if you're listening like the people in my fan base that take care of me like they do an amazing job and i you know they really do they protect me and they're people that even like i've actually i have turned to many times you know in my moments of like sadness or despair to be like yo is this real? Is this true? Like what's going on? And they're like, no, what are you crazy? And I'm like, Oh, okay, great. Thank you. They're like, just (laughs) move on. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Do you even I have weak moments, you know, like human beings come on.
0: Yeah. And it's hard not to read some things sometimes that are said about you, but I agree. It's like, well, listen, it's the stereotype and it's true. I mean, hurt people, hurt people. It's just the truth. If you are a happy person, you would never in a million trillion years think to leave a negative comment for someone you don't know. Out of nowhere, period. i just I stand by that every time. You you wouldn't ever think to do it. I would never David.
1: Think to do that. Hurt See? people,
0: hurt people. I've never heard that and I love it. You've never heard that? Are you being sarcastic? No. Oh really? Oh my I've god. I've never heard that. That's I'm, like I'm one of my getting it's a tattoo to my forehead. Yeah. Okay, it's well, just remember you heard it here, Frankie, behind the velvet <laughs> robe. I'm tattooing it with with the credit below it. Thank you. Hurt people, hurt people. It's true. It's like if you're happy, you would never, ever do this to someone.
1: Yeah, why would you?
0: What about, and then I'll move on from social media, but what about, you know, because you were one of the first along with some others, but like, do you think this whole influencer thing can last? I mean, like, okay, you've parlayed it into a whole career. You also have talent and, you know, you were on Broadway and you could sing and you could do a lot of things, but like, do you think it could, there's so many influencers now that just, like you said, are young and okay, they're gorgeous. And I mean, is this a sustainable career in your opinion? Um,
1: I I don't know how sustainable it is when you lose the thing that you are famous for. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're famous yeah. for your young, hot, gorgeous body, and that's what you are, then what happens when you don't have a young, hot, gorgeous body? Then then what do you do? You know, right. I guess invest wisely. Um, you know, like, it's the same thing as, like a, like, a dancer. I think about all this, you know, all the time as, like, you know, I'm... A person who, you know, maybe can't do the thing, the, the pull tricks that I actually just did in the last week's show for as much longer and for, for much, much longer without there being some consequences to my body. You know, like, luckily, I have other skills besides just dancing. But it's like, you know, like, do, when you age out, do you age out of becoming an influencer? I mean, I, I think that... The world also is very, is changing and the world is very fickle. So like something that is embraced this year or next year could be completely obsolete in a year or two, you know? So like these social media platforms might be taken down. You don't know. And like, what happens? Like what happens if there's some sort of a scandalo and then Instagram is gone overnight, but then your life is over. Then you have nothing to show for it except for those followers that you once had and now don't like, I, that's scary
0: that's scary. It is scary. And I think, yeah, a lot of people would, I can't imagine what would happen. Well, you're also doing okay because you have 2.1 million Instagram followers and over 30 million views on YouTube. So they're, Pat yourself on the back, even though it's not your life, you're certainly doing something right.
1: No, and I do. I still love it. Oh, my God. I love to create for social media. I do. Um, And it keeps me really happy and it keeps me really like motivated sometimes. And then sometimes I'll just be like, you know what? I'm good for like the month. You know, like, totally. I don't, I don't have to post for a minute. Um, but no, I mean, I do love it. And I appreciate all the followers. My God, with my whole heart and soul, like these people have, were there again, like were motivated me and took me to levels that I couldn't even possibly have gone without them. You know, like they mo- push me, they pushed me to do more and to be more creative and to um, be more inspirational. And also that's the thing, which is really good for me on my social media is that I do get to use it to have a voice for people to be um, part of um, the people that they turn to when they're like, hey, can someone explain pride? I'm like, they're like, let- Frankie Grande. Yes, absolutely. So I can share messages of positivity, love and light and joy and let people in on those aspects of my life and, and the, the trials and tribulations that I've gone through. I can let people learn from the lessons that I've learned um, through my social media. So I'm a, I love that I have it because I can use it now as a tool to do good in the world which is what i wish and hope for more people to do that are like listening to this they're like you know what frankie said to post something nice to make someone smile every day so i'm gonna do that and i love those kind of social media accounts like love them you know people that like keep it positive keep you laughing keep it loving and um and you know genuine and authentic i love those people
0: those are the people that you should follow wait i have another question Cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, Three Ten is celebrating a new year of goals with code Velvet Rope and giving our listeners fifty percent off up to one hundred dollars off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order. Or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. I I would agree with that. So your goal was to get on reality TV and here you are. It happened within two weeks. where you just like beside yourself... Well, two years, but I mean, like, from when you had that party and met the casting director, that was right away, right? Like, after, after you met that casting director. Yeah, um, it was pretty quick after
1: that. I, I don't know if it was two weeks, but it was, like, it was pretty quick, quick a couple months, maybe. like Maybe, like, six months after that? Yeah. So um, were you just,
0: like what? like, was that it? Like, you know, that was your dream? Like, were you yeah. so ecstatic when you got... I mean, listen, I truly am not just saying this because you're here. I think, game-wise, I think Big Brother is by far the best game out of a reality show by far and i truly mean it's brilliant yeah and like
1: you got to be a certain type of person to play it and you got to be an even different type of person to play it well um totally and uh yeah i was so naive going to that process and thank god i was because it turned out really well for me but it is a very scary show like it is like looking back on it and like like looking at my season since i've left it and things like that i'm like this is a terrifying beast that i decided to just literally throw myself into the lion's den um and that's what i always tell people that are like i want to be on big brother i'm like okay make sure you have a really good therapist um
0: see i totally want to be on big brother i think it's i just think a really good
1: therapist
0: (sighs) But it seems like such a fun, it's so, I, I get it. It's not, it's, I, listen, I watch it. So I get it. It's not yeah, all it fun and games. It. No, it's, it's not all fun isn't. and games.
1: Um, but it, it it was for me for about a month. And then I had, I always say like I had the best month of my life, like the most mediocre month, month of my life. And then the worst month of my life. Really? Um, I was so ready to get out of that house when it was my time. Oh my God. I ran out with and threw glitter into the air because I was so excited because I had just, you know, if, if you had watched, like I'd just basically been outmaneuvered and once you're outmaneuvered, you're just like, well, there's nothing I can do. Like I, I can't change caleb's mind because he's not listening so there's literally nothing i could do um and then then the game's over then your game is over but then you still have to stay in the house like for like an extra 14 days
0: and you're like ugh, what do i do for the next 14 days <laughs> right and you, you know you're not gonna win like because like okay so that was your goal and like because you were on youtube and you self-produced like yourself like were you aware like, how can I say it? Like you went in wanting to be on reality TV, like an understanding, and there's no shade in this question. I'm just curious. It's more like the psychology, like you might be in like, an. I think there's other people like you, but you understood like what reality TV could do yes. for your career, which is not bad. I mean, I'm the same way. That's kind of why I would like to go out of reality show, but like, did you lose sight of that or was that always did you always have that or were you like, holy shit, there's also $500,000. And I also want to win big brother. And at some point you lost why you actually went there and you're like, oh yeah, there's cameras or, you know, like, I, I know what
1: I always knew what about. I was doing. Yeah. That, and okay. that's, the, that's the thing that kept me sane, to be honest, like remembering that I was on a TV show at all times, because when you're in that space when you're in that world you completely lose sight of the fact that the world is bigger beyond the 16 people that you've been speaking to for the past three months so everything is life or death every single thing is life or death so like in the the thing that kept me as sane as i was which was not very sane by the end was remembering like no you're performing you're on TV right now. Every moment is is being um dissected and broadcast yeah. all over the entire world, which is also also very stressful. So, I was pro- I was producing myself the entire time I was on the show. So, like I would always be like, "Oh, I just said that. Oh god, do I have to say something else now to correct what I just said?" And that was before everyone was getting Destroyed for everything that they were saying, like coming out of their mouths, you know. Like it became like, like the seasons after me were like the ones when there was racism, and then there was ones with like, you know, like hate against women, and like everything started happening once my the season after mine. Um, but I was, you know, constantly editing and making sure that everything that I said was going to be received the way that I wanted it to. At the same time, playing the game with right. the person that I'm talking to. It was absolutely exhausting. <laughs> it but- sounds
0: exhausting. And like those two things are not always like, those are not always con- congruous. Like you could have one thing you want to like redeem yourself. Yes. in America's eyes, because you want a career after this. But at the same time, I got to say something else to win this game and this person standing in front of me. So that's yeah. gotta be hard. It sounds exhausting, Frankie.
1: Yeah. But also like, so everyone knows. And I think if you do know me from just from reality, TV, like that's who I am like you like the performer the goofball the dancer the one that was annoyingly entertaining everyone 26 hours a day making everyone smile laugh and have a good time that's I, that is who i am as a person like who i who i genuinely am so that was fun that i didn't have to work on that part it was the rest of the part that i had to really work on which was like the conniving manipulating how to get people to do things how to stay out how to keep my hands clean when i was soaked in blood a la macbeth like i was lady macbeth for like most of that play but i was somehow kept my hands pretty clean out out, damn spot worked for me um but it was like it was it was very challenging very challenging and then you have to remember like for me i wanted to get out of the house so badly because i couldn't wait to receive the benefits of what i knew I did on that show. Like I knew I did what it, what needed to be done in order to uh, catapult my career to the next level. And I knew it was waiting for me. Like we were all terrified. Like, are we going to get booed when we walk out of the front door? Right? Like every, that's everyone's biggest fear on big brother is like, what if we walk out and we get booed or if there's not a lot of applause and we would stand there by the door. And as everyone was evicted, decide whether they were liked hated or were mediocre and i just knew in my gut that when i walked out i was going to get like the biggest applause ever and, you did. and and as a performer you know i missed that applause it was perfect <laughs> so right i out. walked out and i got that applause and um i remember watching the season and derek was like oh man they, they really like him i think that was really
0: loud was that loud <laughs> right and you're like it was loud i was like no it was honey <laughs> do you think like other people I mean are aware of it though like when they go in you know what I because mean? like you look at like a show like The Bachelor like people are aware of it now like they go on for social media followers but like I don't know I, I'm not so sure are, like are other people who play Big Brother like that tuned in like you were to like I want a career after this and I- I don't
1: think so. Are they? Uh, No, they're they're not. They they purposefully they purposefully don't cast people like me very often, right? Um, they purposely try to avoid people like that are like you know they they want like normal average like career people kind of things. Like many people do go on to have like Nicole was training was in nursing school when she came on to Big Brother and now she is her career is influencer and she is wonderful at it and she has a bazillion followers and you know she I look at her posts and I was like how I'm like did you have a you must have a professional photographer that walks around with you 24/7 seriously um because those pictures are gorgeous but like, you know people people sometimes do take a step away from their lives but when they enter the show they're not necessarily you know influencers already like right. i was already in the business of being an influencer um a youtuber and it's like that's how i kind of build myself they were like you know, what's your career? And it would be like influencer. And I would think this was like probably the first time anyone ever said that their career was an influencer on television. It was like my my gear. I don't know if I said that. Maybe I said like actor influencer. Maybe there was a hyphen it or a slash. I don't even remember. Right. But um, you know, the most people they don't hire influencers to go on Big Brother. Um, no, they hire like don't. people. Um, but then often that's what ends up happening. But I think that if like your if your goal is to get a career from a reality TV show, like big brother, you could be very, very disappointed when you leave. Because I, I think so often because they show all of you. And sometimes the edit, you don't get a favorable edit at all. Like there's been so many people that have come off that show and been like, I got the worst edit and now my career and my life is over. And I'm like,
0: yikes. Yeah, you did. Well, you also have entertainment, actual skills, like you are an actor, you're a singer, like you actually had true skills. So it's like kind of was a home run, you know, to take your already, like you just kind of needed the platform because you were already doing it. I mean, it really was a brilliant move. Yeah. What about and then we'll move on from Big Brother? Tell me, I just have to ask, what is the Chen bot really like in real life? We love oh my our God, Julie Chen,
1: so kind. I love Julie Chen. Shout out to Julie Chen. Shout um, out to Julie Chen. Yeah, she's wonderful. She's so sweet. She's always um goes out of her way to say hello to me whenever I'm there or whenever I'm on set and um just very gracious, always asking about me, how I'm doing, how my family is. Um, and uh, she's very much like a she's. I feel like she's royalty. You know, yeah. she she absolutely is royalty, you know, down there at uh, CBS. So uh, she's treated like royalty and she is royalty. She has a very regal sense about her. And I feel like, you know, when you're in her presence, you're in the presence of
0: someone like a queen. Uh, I love she's her. really kind, really kind. The people's princess.
1: What about, cause
0: I mean, you know, yes, you had your moments on big brother, but you know, you still, that's where we saw like shine bright, like a Frankie and there's yeah. glitter and rainbows and unicorns. Like, I mean, I'm from New York too, but I still live here and life is great. I'm very happy, but like you really this happy all the time, Frankie. I am. I really am. Really? I really, really am. I mean, I work really hard
1: on it though. Like that's the thing. It's like genetically I'm wired to be this happy, zany, beautiful person, but yeah. it takes effort to get all of the other bullshit out of the way so that I, I, so I can make way for that happiness and that joy. You know, I have to like, kind of like clear the darkness away from my shiny sparkly diamond heart so that it can, so that it can draw the light in order to shine the light out to other places. But it, it does take effort, you know, like I really work very hard on myself to, you know, especially, um, on my sobriety to make sure that I am constantly, uh, capable of receiving and giving light at all times it doesn't
0: just happen (laughs) well from where i'm sitting and i think a lot of people you make it look easy so it's good to know that you're human and it's not i'm definitely a human what is your what? What's your zodiac sign? I'm an Aquarius. Okay, so that makes sense. I, I'm a yeah, Gemini. I was I was gonna say Gemini or Aquarius
1: for you. So yes, well, my sober birthday is in Gemini. I don't think that
0: really counts, but you know, it counts. My mom's a Gemini. Okay, see, so you're like surrounded by Geminis. That makes sense. Yes. So is that what happened? Like after Big Brother? I mean, look, you were on a lot of reality TV, hosting red carpets. Like, was that really how it worked? You came out. I mean, I remember, but like you came out and life changed. Like this was the platform you needed.
1: Yeah. I mean, I said on the show that I wanted to play Franz and Rock of Ages. Someone clipped it, sent it to the producers. I had already had three final callbacks for Rock of Ages, didn't book it though. So when I walked out of the house, I got my manager, I got my agent, I got the Rock of Ages contract. Literally, wow. when I walked out of the house on finale night, all three of those things were waiting for me. So I was like, great, I'm set.
0: I am set. How does that work? Like you go to finale night and then your phone rings and someone's like, remember me, I, I want to be your agent. And by the way, we have a deal for you. No, he was literally in the audience. Oh my God. <laughs> well, cause a, a, a lot of, you know, powerful
1: network people were totally. there. Yeah. So it was just like, here's my agent. Great. Nice to meet you. Um, and then, you know, immediately the, the offer came in through my agent for rock of ages. And I was like, yeah, of course. Wow. Wow. Like that was so fast. I was on Broadway within like a few, like six weeks, maybe after leaving the
0: big brother house, it was wild how fast it was wild. You did it right. Well, one of the other things you did was this hosting, hosting the American musical, like how much fun is it? Like, do you love hosting a red carpet? I love it. It's fun. I like to talk to people.
1: It's um I I'm very like um genuinely engaged by what people have to say to me. Um and also I, I work very well under pressure, which you can see on Big Brother, but like that's hosting is all like about how natural can you be under the most unnatural settings in the entire world. Like there's nothing natural about a red carpet. It is the weirdest, most awkward, stressful environment on the planet next to being in Big Brother. And if you can do it with ease and grace and float above it all, then it's a skill set that you should definitely try to employ at some point in your life. And I was very grateful that I did get the opportunity to do it because I had a lot of fun
0: hosting those award shows, man. What a great, great time that was. Yeah, that seems fine. What about fashion? Like, how would you describe your own? We've seen lots of your fashions, but how would you describe your own personal style?
1: I was always a fashion lover. So, my personal style would be described as Versace. (laughs) That that was my whole life. I just loved Johnny Versace's clothing. When he passed, I was, my mother and I went to go to his house to pay tribute to him. And we saw the blood on the steps. Like, that's how crazy we were about Versace. Um, And then, uh, uh, you know, I became obsessed with Donatella. And since, since you know the years since she's taken over i've had the chance to meet her several times she's wonderful she's so kind um you know the italians gotta gotta support gotta represent um so they were they like very much inspired my sense of color palettes my excite my love of the baroque my love of you know those kind of things and you know when i booked my show hosting on amazon for style code live they actually sent me to fashion school for like you know, a couple of weeks and it was so much fun to actually get to learn about the things that I actually just loved. And then for a year and a half, I hosted a live fashion show show every night um, yeah. where I sold makeup, beauty and fashion products. And it was wild. Again, live TV, same kind of skill sets you need to do like live hosting red carpet. Um, when you're doing a live show every night, you get really good at it. And I, I, I learned some amazing, amazing skills on that show. And I'm very grateful to my time on Scott Style Code Live too. That was awesome.
0: Yeah, it was a great show. Well, so now let's talk about, you know, like you said, you've taken time off during quarantine, like we all have, and all of a sudden out of nowhere. So because you were in Rock of Ages before, way back, how nice was that to be part of this new star-studded event? Like- yeah. So I did the show
1: on Broadway, and then I closed the show on Broadway, and then I opened the show here in L.A., um, and it was such a blast to do an immersive, brand-new brand new concept production of Rock of Ages on the Hollywood Strip. Uh, what oh an unbelievable environment. And then, uh, so at the Bourbon Room, and then, of course, COVID struck, and it closed our show down, like, almost, a few, I, I would say, under two months Wow. So maybe six weeks we were open, I think, and COVID struck. So uh, the show the show, suspended and then we got an email a couple weeks into the show that was like, we're closing the production. Um, like, you won't be coming back. And that was, you know, very devastating. We had rehearsed for over nine months for this show in the various forms, like from the first, yeah, it was almost n- like seven or eight seven or eight months from like the first rehearsal till we opened because of the challenges with the space and the this and the that and the restaurant and blah 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 blah. because it was like an immersive space it wasn't ready 50 things but um uh we did all this work and then it closed immediately and we were like oh my god this is absolutely devastating and um so when we got to do this reunion concert and i got to see some of my castmates from la like i was a mess when constantine sang every rose has its thorn i mean we started crying of course all of us were thinking about nick cordero our castmate who died of covid yeah. um, like wild absolutely wild so um you know there was that joy of us coming back together mixed with you know us honoring our friend And also just like the sadness that it was so short lived, like, oh no, what do you mean it's only one night only with like one week of rehearsals? No, I want to do this every night. And, you know, that's why I keep saying, like, I started this by saying like, I'm exhausted, you know, but I need to remind myself like in a week when my show is over, then, then what, you know, then I'm back to, um, hoping that there's another show on the horizon, um, because these shows that I, I'm used to doing shows for months, but these, these couple of shows that I'm doing, these, like this bridge back to Broadway, um, is only a one night only one night only so well, I need to, maybe you
0: know. they'll just have such great. I mean, everyone's watching, everyone watched rock of ages and I yeah. assume everyone's going to watch Titanic. I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll be two nights only. You never know. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> or like, you know, our, our big goal with Titanic is that, you know, they're like, well, we have a theater ready for you. Like, we're like, okie dokie. Well, they're, like after we do this, this one night only kind of reading production of it, um, more staged than it's ever been, but not a fully staged production. Then we'll get like, oh, the, you did such a good job. Here's your theater.
0: And then we will be back on.
1: Then we'll be on Broadway.
0: That's I could see that being the goal. I mean, how did Titanic come about for you? And tell us about it. Cause I mean, I've watched a little trailer clip. It looks amazing.
1: Yeah, it's so funny. It's literally the funniest show I've ever been in in my entire life. I literally really? can't even, like, keep my – we, we laugh so hard. And like God we're allowed to laugh because, like, if we were trying to do this like a straight play, I would be a disaster because I'd be laughing so hard at just the most talented uh, people with just the funniest material I've ever experienced. So I was doing a show called Cruel Intentions um, at Le Poisson Rouge, which is where we'll be doing Titanic, uh, strangely enough. just Oh, really? World. I like that space. Yeah, it's a great, great space. space. Um, and I was in it with Constantine rasuli and he and I had known each other from Broadway. You know, when you're on the Broadway at the same time, it doesn't matter if you're in separate shows. We call it campus. Everyone knows each other. Um, so Connie and I uh, were in Cool Intentions together, and he literally like comes up to me after a show. Actually, shot me a text after show. Was like, hey, um. I'm doing this musical It's called Titanic. I wrote it with Marla and Alex Ellis and Ty Blue. And I would love for you to play Victor Garber. He's the captain. You get to sing. I drove all night and crashed the ship. Are you in? And I was like, yes. Yeah. Like you don't need
0: to know much more than that.
1: Right. I don't need to know much more than that. Um, come to find out. It, it was, it is the Celine Dion jukebox musical um, set as a parody of the film Titanic. Um and it's hysterical and I do get to play the one and only the lovely, charming Victor Garber. Um, and I get to crash the ship while singing i drove all night, amongst other shenanigans that I do. But it is it is so funny. Um we have uh Kathy Deach playing Kathy Bates as Molly Brown. That's the character title. Oh my um, god. Celine is in the show not delete not dion but her character Celine dion is in the show. she is i saw that i'm like marla mindell she's a genius alex ellis is rose constantine is jack it's wonderful
0: what do you do to prepare to play victor garber
1: i watched the movie several several times um it's uh you know i've seen him many times on broadway and you know it's i'm channeling kind of like victor in the in the movie um so just kind of like trying to get his little mannerisms it's it's much more of a caricature than an than an impression i must i must say because the material is so heightened all of our characters are caricatures like you know like no one's actually playing uh the subtlety that is the great victor garber or the great kathy bates but um we are having a really good time with our poetic license i gotta tell you and it is pretty fun it's so funny And it's good. We're going to find out what happened to Jack and Rose on this fateful night. Oh, my God. Yes, absolutely. All will be revealed. You must come to find out the real story
0: of Titanic. Oh, I'm having okay. So I'm having a bunch of people over. So Yay! I'm I'm gonna be. Yeah. This is gonna be an event over here in Chelsea, New York City. All my girls, all my boys. We're doing Listen, it upright.
1: Get together, have a little party. It's meant to be seen, seen as a group because the more people you have in a room together, the more you'll laugh. Uh, and the the the, the, the laughs kind of roll in this show, which is why I'm a little sad that we don't have an actual audience because like the, there's rolling laughter to the point of where like you can't continue on with the scene sometimes because people are just losing their minds screaming. So it's going to be very odd doing it to no one in the room. Um, You know, I'll have you know, uh, the crew will be there. So hopefully they're in a very giddy mood, but, um, yes, I would see, I would advise you to get together with some double vaccinated people. I would tell you to, uh, you know, I'm sober, so I'm not going to tell you to drink, but if you do drink, I would say have a couple cocktails and enjoy our gorgeous, gorgeous little production that is going to make you
0: laugh yourself until you pee yourself. Has anyone, A, are you a Celine Dion fan? And two, has anyone reached out to Celine? And is Celine going to be watching this?
1: I am the cast's go-to Celine Dion fan. Like, I'm the biggest Celine Dion fan. I'm a psychopath. I've seen her many, many times in many, many states um, and all of her different tours. Like, I am a crazy person. I love her. I know every intonation. People are like, whenever, like, uh, in the, like, Zoom chats and rehearsal that we've had, like, I, I, I'm I, always, like, the person that tells, like, what the context of the actual song was. You know, like, the director will be like, I think this is her. And I'm like, her first American pop hit. <laughs> he's like, that's yeah, he's like, Celine. okay, Frankie. Yeah, yo, oh, I love her. She's my number one. She's my really? number one diva. Yeah, wow, She's my number one diva. I'm, I'm a, it's a problem. Yeah, obs- mm-hmm. I'm obsessed
0: with Celine Dion. Yeah, so where would, where does like a Madonna ring for you? My
1: number, number two, one. Okay. right next to her. And it's like the re, the only like my, they vie for first position depending on who has new music.
0: You know what I'm saying? Okay. So like when Madame X well, came out. Madonna's. Yeah. Then it was Madonna,
1: you know what okay. i saying? Or like if Madonna's on tour, then it's Madonna. When Celine's on tour, then it's Celine. Like they're neck and neck and neck and neck. So right now I'm working on a Celine Dion musical. So Madonna's number two, but by, by a, um, a sliver, by a hair, you know? I was um, getting, I was getting two.
0: nervous there, but those are two good, um, top twos. Have you ever met Madonna or Celine? Because I know you've met everyone. Yes. I've met you... both
1: of them and both, both, both meetings were
0: ridiculously surreal. Um, and. Okay. Yeah. Let's just take a hot minute here. Just humor me before we get to Celine. Like, where did you meet Madonna? Just, just please. I, I cause I can live vicariously through you.
1: I met Madonna at the Grammy Awards. Of course Um, you did. I did. I was sitting uh, in the front um, (sighs) right when – I think I, like, took my sister's seat, I think, when she went to go backstage to get ready to perform – and I was in the front, and Guy Siri, like you know, we're like Ariana and Madonna obviously have worked together. Like Guy knows Ariana, Guy knows me. I've met him several times, and I was I always he always he knows how much I love Madonna. Like he knows. Um, and I and Madonna was sitting directly opposite me and I looked, and Guy Osiri locked eyes with me and said, go. Like, go. Oh and I was God. like, oh my God. So I just like Went, I walked over, and I knelt at her feet in front of her at the Grammys, and I said, um, hi, I'm Frankie Grande, um, and I just want to tell you, I've loved you my entire life. I just got back from Malawi with with your charity Build On, where I built my first school, and um, I've been living for love ever since, you, ever since I first discovered you. And she went, oh, my God, I fucking love you. And I was like, that's it. Like that was it. I just, I did everything was right. It was exactly, I literally got off the plane from Malawi where I just built a school with build on, which is part of her raising Malawi charity. And I got to tell her like, yo, three days ago I was in Malawi and she lost her mind. And it was just like the best, perfect way for me to meet her. Um, and she's been nothing but kind to me every single time I've seen her ever since. In fact, I was her um, beer bottle, her beer chair person when she oh. did her Madame X show in LA um at the wilturn and she wow. i got to be on stage with her and she did the whole interview thing and i deep throated a bottle and we we talked for a very long time on stage in front of an entire audience of people and it was absolutely magical and there were no phones al- loud so no one will ever see that moment except for the 1500 people that were in that theater but i will never forget it for the rest of my life it was unbelievable Weren't
0: you like listen, even with Gaio's series nod, like weren't you so freaking nervous? Like that could have gone so many ways. It was I a, so many like, goosebumps, too.
1: Breathe and go. It was a breathe and go wow. kind of thing. It was just like, <sighs> like you just had to like go for it and not be as scared as I was. Like, if I had sat and thought about it and like rehearsed, it would never have come out, it would never have been so organic. And it, it was supposed to happen when it was supposed to happen. I'd been at many events with Madonna, many events. Um, and I did not say hello to her and it wasn't the right time. And, you know, and there's so many people that were tried to get a selfie. I still don't have a picture with her, which is funny. Cause I've met her like maybe four or five times now. Oh um, God. but, um, it's, it's like more chill now. Now it's like, oh, we're fam. Like now we're fam, you know, like, it's like, oh, cool. The Grandes and the chicones. you know, like
0: we're, we're fam, you know, that's how we roll. That sounds like it goes together. I think you need to just notify Celine that she needs to tune in to tights meek. Oh, yeah.
1: She needs to know. She needs to be there. I think so. Her team has come uh, to see the show. Um, Obviously, we needed to have their permission to do the show um, in terms of like getting the rights to the music and stuff like that. And they were help. They were extremely helpful in our process of getting the rights to the music. Once they saw the show, they were like, oh, Celine would love this. And it's true. Like, I do honestly believe if Celine sees this, she will laugh so much. And she'll think it's the funniest thing she's ever seen. And she'll think that our um, everyone involved with Titanic, the movie, and everyone involved with Celine will think that we did it with just the perfect amount of reverence um, because it really is done with so much love. Like You cannot do this project without loving Titanic, the film, and without loving Celine Dion. So um, James, James Cameron, Lane. if he saw it, I think he would think it's the funniest thing he's ever seen in his life. Um, I think if Leo saw it or if and Victor Garber better see it i desperately want to see apparently he said victor garber said that he wanted to play himself at one point no i would nothing would make me happier nothing would give me um greater privilege than to go on vacation so victor garber can cover my role as victor garber
0: oh my god well you know if this ends up in a theater i imagine celine and leo and kate winslet and they're eventually all going to come they'll come to opening could you imagine i'd lose my mind Who have you, who haven't, because you've really met everyone. Like, who haven't you met that you're just, like, is on your list of, like, I really want to meet that person? And do Um, do you get starstruck or no? Yes, I've gotten very
1: starstruck in my life. I would like to re-meet Nicole Kidman because I couldn't speak when I, quote, unquote, met her. It was at a Broadway opening, and I we locked eyes. We were standing next to each other at the bar. She was getting a drink. We looked, and I went, "Uh, ugh, Uh, 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 she literally just looked at me blinked smiled very politely and walked away and i was like you can i say fuck you can say
0: anything you want i've already said it
1: (laughs) you fucked it up frankie i was like you fucked it up that was your one shot with nicole kidman i just couldn't breathe she's so breathtaking in person Um, she is i've I've seen her before i want to re-meet her For sure, I want to, like, I want to have some fun with, like, some British, old British ladies, like Maggie Smith and, you know, Mm. like, Helen Mirren and, like, Judi Dench. Like, those are all on my list of people that I want to meet because I think they would just be so, I'm sure they would each have one-liners for me and they would be great. I love it. Um, I love an old British queen.
0: What happens when you meet somebody and they just, you know, they're not overly pleasant? How do you handle that?
1: Um, usually I always know what to say to make it pleasant. Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't like, I usually do my homework before I meet someone or like... I go up to someone with something genuine to say. So it, it'll take even the most unpleasant of person and make them into someone who in, wants to engage in conversation. Like I try to avoid the, I love you so much in your biggest role ever. Will you take a selfie? Like that's not my strategy. When I meet a celebrity, it's usually about some obscure piece of work or a way that they've touched me or inspired me um, that is very personal. And you know, I, I, I usually take that route and usually almost, I've never had anyone be like, ew oh wait except for one person and this i had to, i okay oh my god this is so funny patrick okay, stewart patrick stewart yelled at me once
0: why
1: he yelled at me to go away because i was trying to take a selfie with him when he was in a very intimate moment um i guess and i was interrupting something he said and i said can i get he's no go away and i was like he literally said it like that it was like booming it was like no go away and i was like oh my god i just got yelled at by patrick stewart but Since then, I've had a chance to interview him, and he was loving and charming and the kindest person. And, you know, I, i that was my problem. I led with the selfie. Like you could tell my phone was out. You could tell that I was there just to get a picture. And this is British royalty right now. I had to, and you know, you have to do the engaging conversation and say the cute, witty, interesting thing about their career. That means that you're an actual fan, you know, that'll get you further in the door. And so when I was interviewing him, obviously I I led with all of my... my. I had time to compose my thoughts, to be honest. I think I was a little wasted at a Broadway
0: opening when I tried to get that selfie with him, so... <laughs> i agree with you you always go for like the obscure like they were in this like look you're not gonna if you ask brooke shields about like blue lagoon yeah, that's not gonna put
1: her in the best mood you know what i'm saying like talk to her about her playing sally Bowles on broadway you're gonna get a smile out of her face you know she'll be like oh my god you saw that yes queen i did what awesome yes i want to talk to you you know like that's the thing or um, the
0: brilliant lipstick jungle, which might be more well known, but it was only on for a hot second. It was the greatest show ever? Yeah, and it's like for me, like you know, like
1: I, I, because I'm a reality TV star, I always expect people to say like the the glaringly obvious thing, and I love it. I and, love it because and I'm people not like, that you know, come. I was going to say, people that
0: come up to you, is it mostly because of reality TV? Because, I mean, you've done it all. Like, Influencer, Broadway. so random. The guy at Starbucks
1: the other day was literally like, oh, my God, you're the guy from Spree. And I was like, I am. I do get murdered in that very indie horror camp film, Spree. You're absolutely correct. Like, you never know. I got, like, one time I was like, oh, my God, you're that guy from Access Hollywood. I was like, I am. I've co-hosted, like, four times. But, like, sure. Um, you know, it's very interesting. You're the guy from the morning news. I've gotten because I went on to do press. Um, a lot of Big Brother fans, um, a lot of Broadway fans, um, and uh, a lot of you, social media people, obviously.
0: Yeah. And you're on Good Day New York with my good friend Rosanna Scotto every time yes, you're in town. Yes,
1: I am. I was just on two days ago, honey, and I had to wake up at 4.30 a.m. in L.A. time to get on that show. Hence, part of why I'm so exhausted, because I literally have been doing press and then double duty rehearsal. But now I'm down to only rehearsing one show. So everything is manageable. But I, And I was so excited to talk to you because this was actually really, really nice.
0: I had a great time. Three very quick things before you we You gave wrap me up. energy. Good. You know, that's what I'm here for, Frankie. I mean, and if I'm giving you energy, something is definitely wrong. Well, I also drink a lot of coffee, but three quick things before we wrap up. Okay. One, how is your sister, your mother, and the boyfriend?
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say in the Nona, but no, 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 too. Yeah. Four things. Um, our family's doing really well. We're very blessed. We're very happy. Um, you know, we, uh, none of us, you know, contracted COVID and we all had a really, um, very responsible quarantine and we're, we just, I think over the holidays and everything have come to appreciate each other and life in a whole brand new way, um, with the way that, uh, Coronavirus had kind of like right-sized our our lives in a very, very um, profound way. So it was, um, thank you for asking. Everyone is doing really well. I'm on my way to see my grandmother again. So as soon as I was double vaccinated, I got on a plane to go see my grandmother. And I will be going back again to see her Um, as soon as Titanic is over. I'm hopping on a plane to Florida, which was amazing. Um, So, Nona, I love you. I'm on my way again. And my boyfriend is great. We just celebrated two years together. We have a puppy and um home and we're so happy uh we're really happy we and again another another a relationship that survives quarantine is a relationship for life you know what I'm saying
0: I do I do I saw you guys celebrated your two years and I agree I think you know if you're still together after quarantine this is a good thing
1: and he's a streamer his name is Hale on Twitch go check him out he's
0: really really cute he is cute you're both cute (laughs) Um, I was gonna say so everyone needs to get tickets at Frankie Grande tickets.com. And for the icebreaker package, you get the meet and greet. Are people gonna be able to ask you whatever they want? Like, are they gonna be up close and intimate with you, Frankie?
1: Absolutely. You're gonna get to unmute and ask me a question. So I'm excited. If there's any questions left
0: that haven't been covered in this podcast. Seriously, I really appreciate this. Everyone I'm telling you, I'm gonna Everyone's coming to my house for Titanic. It's going to oh, be amazing. I'm so
1: excited. Please have the best time.
0: Thank you. Where can everyone find you online so they can follow you?
1: At Frankie J Grande on all platforms. I worked very hard for the same name, and I got it.
0: I love it. Thank you. Have a safe trip to New York. I really, really appreciate your time. Thank you to all your team for making this happen, and uh, good luck. Thank
1: you for you for being so available. They were like, "Can you do it tomorrow?" And I was like,
0: "How's today?" I was like, listen, it's Frankie Grande, and it's Titanic, and it's Celine, and it's all these other things. It's Big Brother. I'm like, I will make it work. So
1: Tomorrow is my day off, and I was like, I am not. I'm going to lie on a plane, and then I'm going to get off and go to a drag show, and then go to bed. I'm uh, very excited.
0: What else are you going to do in New York? Of course you're going to go to a drag show.
1: That's the only thing I plan on doing,
0: is working and going to drag shows. That's Well, I'm glad you fit us in. I really appreciate it, so...
1: Thank you so much. I am so glad, grateful for the opportunity to talk with you.
0: Always. Anytime. Have a great night. And uh, Sunday night, everyone. Tight to me. Thank you, Frankie. Thank you, my friend. Bye. Ciao. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear...